I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying you should know. Just ask. I think that's a fair question. I like to know how my doctor is getting compensated. Because when you're on straight Medicare, you know how he's getting compensated. Dr. Jonathan Bakhtari. You can see it. I mean, it's crystal clear. I think it's going to really revolutionize things. Which is a big game changer. All information discussed or provided by Jonathan Bakhtari, MD, Dr. Bakhtari, and or his affiliates and guests are for educational purposes only. The information discussed and provided is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical concern or condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of any information discussed or provided by Dr. Bakhtari or his affiliates and guests. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call 911 immediately. Hi, and welcome to Bakhtari MD. My name is Dr. Jonathan Bakhtari, and I'm here to provide you with the inside scoop on healthcare. Today's topic is Medicare and the options you have for Medicare. I know there's tons of literature and videos out there about what Medicare is and what the options are if you don't want regular, straightforward, original Medicare. So I'm not going to go essentially over all those details. I will briefly But in essence, I really want to give you the inside scoop on your options when it comes to choosing original Medicare or other options. So let's just start off with original Medicare. What is original Medicare? Original Medicare is really Medicare Part A and B. And Part A is basically hospital coverage for simplicity's sake, and Part B is your outpatient care. Part A is covered by your payroll tax that you paid when you were working, and Part B, you will pay a premium no matter what you do with your Medicare. So that is Medicare. Now, what is the downside and upside of Medicare? Well, the good side of Medicare is that you have complete flexibility and control of your health care. You can go see any doctor that accepts Medicare in any city, and you have total control and freedom. And most of the, in fact, all the decisions, uh, regarding your health care will be made between by you and the doctor. When you want to look at the downside of Medicare, you really have to think about the 20% or so that often is not covered, which will leave you exposed to potentially unlimited financial exposure. So that's really the downside, and that's probably why most people have a hard time sticking with original Medicare Part A and B. While it gives you total control, total flexibility, you can see any doctor, you can go into any network for the most part that accepts Medicare. Theoretically, if you were to get super sick, you could wind up with a huge medical bill for the 20% or so, depending, that is not covered. So because of that, I think most people look for something to cover that sort of unlimited financial downside. And so let's talk about that. What are some of those options? Well, let's come up, let's talk about Medicare Advantage. What is Medicare Advantage? I'm sure a lot of people have heard about Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is not a supplement to Medicare. It is actually a complete replacement of Medicare. In essence, you're handing over your Medicare. Now, when you had Medicare, that was run by essentially the government. When you take Medicare Advantage, what you're simply doing is handing over your government benefits to a for-profit corporation. 
That's not necessarily bad, but it's certainly something you have to be aware of. So again, let me repeat. When you have Medicare, you're getting basically a government benefit when you hand over your Medicare and choose Medicare Advantage, you're now getting a replacement. And that replacement is going to be run by a for-profit company. So how does that work? Well, what Medicare does is goes to private insurance companies and says, well, we know that this is the amount of money it's going to take care of this group of seniors. We'll hand you that money and you provide the care for those seniors. And we want you to provide great care. We're going to keep track of quality. And we want you to do a great job. But it removes the government from any further risk. Because once they hand that money over, that's it. They're done. It's basically a, you know, a flat number on their books. But now the for-profit companies have all the risk. So as you can imagine, a for-profit company is going to want to make a profit. So they have to then take that amount of money that's handed over to take care of a senior and say, well, how can we provide care but still you know, eke out a profit? Well, let's talk about the possibilities. Well, one possibility is that they're going to trim the fat. And let's talk about that. I think it's fair to say that one of the other sides, one of the other downsides of traditional Medicare is that you could potentially get unnecessary services or unnecessary referrals because when the medical system and doctors are in a situation where there is actually a financial incentive to potentially to do more, and sometimes it's just to be overly cautious, that might happen. And so probably one of the pros of Medicare Advantage is they kind of look at all of that excess and say, you know, if you give it to us, since we're not incentivized, we don't get paid anymore if we do stuff. Why don't we cut that fat out? And we'll take that as our profit, which actually kind of on some level makes a lot of sense. So you're taking Medicare, traditional, original Medicare, and you're saying, we think there's a little bit of fat in there. You know, maybe some patients are referred too much to specialists. Maybe specialists are doing, maybe you know, in abundance of caution, they're doing too much testing. We'll be a little more pragmatic and we will save money by doing things when they're really necessary. And so that, that would be the positive spin on Medicare Advantage, that they're simply going to do that. Um, you know, I want to first you know, kind of go over some numbers with you now that we've talked about the two, and we're going to dive a little deeper. In 2004, 87% of people on Medicare had traditional Medicare. In 2017, that was 60%. In 2004, 13% of people had Medicare Advantage, and now it is 33%. So then let's talk more about Medicare Advantage and why that number is shifting. Well, there are a lot of things Medicare, traditional original Medicare doesn't do. Original Medicare will not cover drugs. They will not cover your hearing, vision, dental. They won't give you a gym membership. And so the lure is to 
think about Medicare Advantage because Medicare Advantage incorporates some of that stuff. They Most of them will give you some sort of drug plan. Most of them will give you potentially a vision, hearing, dental, and maybe a gym membership plan. Albeit, they may not be excellent. Some are, but a lot are not. But it's all included. So that sounds good. And of course, to someone thinking about it, hey, if I can go from original Medicare that didn't cover all that, and I can go to Medicare Advantage and get all that, why wouldn't I do that? Well, because you give up something. For the insurance companies to make money and give you more services, they have to make it somewhere else. I think a lot of them would argue that they're making it on just cutting out the fat. We're going to talk about that. The one thing you do 100% give up when you give up Medicare, original Medicare, is you now cannot go see any doctor. And your care will be determined by the for-profit insurance company. They will decide medical necessity. And that may seem like it's an okay exchange, especially if you're not ill. But as you, if and when you do get ill, it could become a big issue. Because then you will not be able to go see any doctor you want. And you will be limited to a small moderate, whatever, size network of doctors you can see. Sometimes that network may be fine. Other times you you may find that you actually need doctors outside of that network or you'd like to have doctors outside of that network. So there, you are giving something up. You're giving up that ability to, to seek out the doctors you want, to go to the network you want, and you're giving up on some level decision-making between you and your doctor, you're giving it up to a company. So those are kind of the, the issues to, to struggle with. Now, let's go back to Medicare Advantage and talk about the advantages. Again, Medicare, Me- Medicare Advantage will get rid of some of the excesses or over procedures, over referrals, potentially. Medicare Advantage will also give you those other, uh, the drug plan and, and, and the vision plan. But where you may really feel it potentially is when you have to get medical care and you're very sick, you will notice that there's a quantitative difference. And when you're not sick, that doesn't become apparent. When you're sick and you get hospitalized, you don't necessarily get to pick which doctors come see you. You don't necessarily even get get to you know decide or be part of the decision-making of when you get discharged, potentially. And if you do get discharged, for example, to a rehab facility or a long-term acute center, you don't necessarily get to pick where you go because you have to stay within network with Medicare Advantage. One more advantage to Medicare Advantage is most Medicare Advantage programs have a limit to what your out-of-pocket expenses will be in a year. Let's say an average may be 7000 So that's an advantage. However, Medicare Advantages come in two forms. They come in HMO and PPO. HMO has a much more restricted network, and you basically can never go out of the network. And a PPO is a slightly bigger network, 
and you can potentially go out of network, but at very high cost. But for the sake of conversation, let's just talk about Medicare Advantage HMO. Medicare Advantage HMOs have a maximum out-of-pocket expense. However, what people don't understand is that out-of-pocket expense does not include if you get care that they feel was unnecessary or out of network or um, potentially on the drug portion, if you have a lot of prescriptions that are not covered or have higher co-pays, you may actually wind up paying a lot for your prescriptions if you're seriously ill and have a lot of prescriptions potentially. So while Original Medicare has unlimited downside financially. Medicare Advantage is sold as though it doesn't, but in certain cases, it can have a pretty significant financial downside. Like I said, up to $7,000 plus they don't, they will, you know, you won't get compensated for care that you got out of network and you won't get, uh, and you may have to pay a lot of money for prescriptions that aren't covered in their insurance plan. So it's not completely true that your Medicare advantages totally has a limit. You can wind up paying more. So those are some some differences. So let's talk about who would, in theory, pick Medicare Advantage versus people who would pick Medicare Original, with plus or minus a supplement. People who would pick Medicare Advantage are often looking for those added benefits and I think they think those added benefits is the is is upside and they don't think about the downside. And often people who don't think about the downside are people who are relatively healthy. That's not always true, uh, but a lot of people who are 65 or, or in that age may not have that many health problems potentially. But when they're 75 or 85, that may not be the case. So you're making a decision at 65 which potentially you might have to live with, although you can't switch, but we'll talk about some of the difficulties in switching potentially. Or they may be healthy at 65 and literally something could happen the next week and now they need a lot of medical care and then some of the restrictions and limitations will become potentially more obvious. So at the end of the day, I I think the way to kind of think of this is you have med- original Medicare where the government is actually providing you with a benefit. When you switch to Medicare Advantage, now you're in a situation where the person taking care of you, the system is taking care of you, is motivated to make money. That can also be good because Medicare Advantages, in their zeal to make money, also may want to keep you healthy. So you may get annual physicals, you may get vaccines on a regular basis. They're highly motivated to keep you healthy and out of the hospital, which is good. But despite that, if you do get sick, you may then realize that they are also going to, as best as they can, manage you in the most economical yet medically safe way as possible. And that's where the issue lies. I think when you look at Medicare Advantage programs, you just have to look at it like this. Medicare Advantage programs are basically saying, we're going to make our profit by taking the fat out. But there's a lot of different Medicare Advantage programs. Do some of the Medicare Advantage programs go beyond the fat and 
actually deny medically necessary stuff to boost the profit. I'm going to put a link to an article that talks about that, uh, that the inspector general found in a study that that does happen a lot with Medicare Advantage programs. But be that it may, there are probably Medicare Advantage programs that really just focus on taking the fat out and trying to keep you healthy. And there may be some Medicare Advantage programs that cross the line and may may actually you know make more money by in a roundabout way you know denying um, medical necessary work. So that's the quandary of Medicare Advantage. But let's talk about what your other option is. So if after hearing this or after having your own experiences, you see that you know other than limiting my downside and maybe having access to some of these other programs, you know, there's really, there's, that's not a substitute for losing control of your healthcare between you and your doctor. So there's another option, which is you can get a Medicare supplement, meaning keep your original Medicare and go to a company, again, for-profit company and buy a Medicare supplement. Now, what these Medicare supplements do is they basically try to cover most or all of your co-pays and expenditures that Medicare won't cover. They're basically not going to do anything different in terms of approving or not approving. They rely on basically what Medicare does. And whatever Medicare does, they will cover that additional portion to limit your out-of-pocket expenditure. So other than financially paying for that premium, there's really no other downside. So if you choose to get Medicare Advantage, you're basically wanting to avoid that downside of paying the premium, which can be you know a couple hundred dollars a month, maybe more, depending on, on your age and how, how sick you are. So if economics were not involved, I think someone would be hard-pressed potentially to make an argument for picking Medicare Advantage. There are other reasons people pick Medicare Advantage. One, simply, they don't have access to some of the information we just talked about. So they just see all the upside. A lot of the Medicare Advantage presentations, if you've seen them advertised in the paper or whatever, for seniors to come for to a meeting, talk about all the sort of nice social aspects of Medicare Advantage and all the extra benefits of Medicare Advantage. And I think they downplay the loss of control and the lack of options within the network if something were to happen. And I think that's what you need to consider. Should I give up control? Should I give up freedom to go wherever I want to avoid paying for a Medicare supplement uh, policy. Um, and, you know, depending on the dental vision and hearing benefits, you know, how quickly could you replace that with a private policy? So it really is a matter of economics because I don't think anyone would voluntarily say, hey, restrict my choices, restrict my network. You have to give something up essentially to get that. And what you're giving up is that freedom. Now, the, again, just to play devil's advocate, we can make the argument that if you choose Medicare with a supplement, uh, 
you may be exposing yourself to potentially unnecessary procedures, potentially to unnecessary referrals. And that really is an argument. And you have to wonder if you could navigate that. If you were in a situation where, you know, one of your healthcare providers was being unusually cautious in ordering tests, if you'd be willing to navigate that. So I want to be balanced. You know, I don't want to just say, you know, Medicare Advantage, no, and Medicare Supplement, yes, or Medi- original Medicare Plus Supplement, yes. But you really need to know the upside and downside of each one. There's one more thing I really want to talk about, which is let's talk about the network in Medicare Advantage. One of the things that's really important, especially if you go to one of these meetings where they're trying to sell you on Medicare Advantage, is you know you can pretty much figure out who their providers are for the most part, and you can research those providers. So one of the things that people forget is like there's nothing wrong with saying you know give me the panel of primary care doctors I'll be seeing, give me the list of hospitals I would potentially be admitted to. And give me the list of long-term acute centers and rehabilitation centers that I might be sent to because that those are the times when you really, really may regret or not regret having Medicare Advantage. You know, one of the things I recommend literally is find out who the doctors are and research the doctors. Find out which hospitals your particular medical, um, Medicare Advantage is using. And then find out which extended long-term facilities you would be potentially sent to. Go visit them, actually, because it could be eye-opening. You know, find out, for example, what the patient-nurse ratio is in one of their rehab centers or long-term acute centers. You know, find out the reputation of some of those places. Literally, go, go visit, go on tour, talk with the staff. It's also important to understand if you're selecting a medical, a, a Medicare Advantage program, are you at all curious how your doctor is going to get compensated? And by the way, who does your doctor work for? Let's start with that. So if I'm signing up for a Medicare Advantage, what I'd really want to know, let's start with a primary care doctor. Who does he work for? In some Medicare Advantage programs, He's an employee of your insurance company. In other situations, your doctor is contracted with your Medicare Advantage insurance company. But let's talk about how he might get compensated. A lot of doctors who are not the employee, if their employees are just getting a paycheck, and if they're getting a paycheck, by the way, their metrics are going to be measured. Their metrics on quality, how, how nice they are to their patient, how satisfied they are but also their, their, their metrics on potentially overutilization or utilization of diagnostic testing, referrals, all of those metrics will be measured because they work for the insurance company. But let's talk about doctors that don't work for the insurance company, but simply contract out to manage Medicare Advantage patients. One common way is what's called capitation. For people who aren't familiar at with it, they get a certain dollar per month per patient at at a fixed rate, let's say $50. So a certain doctor or practice may get a thousand patients and get $50 per month per patient. And 
no matter how many times they see all 1,000 patients, that's a flat rate. Human nature being what it is, obviously, you know, most doctors are amazing. Most doctors will do the right thing. But on balance, if someone's in the middle about maybe seeing someone back or not seeing someone back, potentially it could have that influence. So what I'm simply saying is whether you're okay with it or not, you should know how your doctor is getting compensated. Because just like fee-for-service where they get paid to do more can lead to too much work, when you capitate medical professionals, theoretically, it could lead to not doing enough. I'm not saying that's happening. I'm simply saying, shouldn't you at least know? So I'm a Medicare Medicare Advantage patient. I'm walking to a primary care office. Number one, who does he work for? I just want to know. Does he work for the insurance company or doesn't he? Who cuts his paycheck? And if he doesn't work for the insurance company, he's got a contract with the insurance company. How does he get compensated? Does he get paid every time he sees me? Or does he get one flat fee, whether he sees me a million times or once? And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying you should know. Just ask. I think that's a fair question. I like to know how my doctor is getting compensated. Because when you're on straight Medicare, you know how he's getting compensated. You give him your Medicare card, that red, white, and blue card. <laughs> they build Medicare and he gets paid, whatever, you know, whatever he's charging. Uh, that's not the same in Medicare Advantage. He's not probably getting paid that way. He's not, or she's not, I apologize. She's not getting paid that way. So I think, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm simply saying you should know and do whatever you want with that information. Know how your doctor is getting compensated if you're in a managed care plan. And same thing when you go in the hospital. Okay, if you get admitted to a hospital and you're on Medicare Advantage, you're going to see someone affiliated, probably. If you're in in an in-network hospital, you're probably going to meet a hospitalist or a doctor who's going to take care of you who has an affiliation with your insurance company. One, he literally may work for your insurance company, literally, or he will be contracted. And if he is contracted, sometimes in the hospital, they do get paid fee for service. Sometimes, however, they're capitated. And, you know, 99.999 of all healthcare workers do this because it's calling from God. We love patients. We always do the right thing. But you should still know how... The finances are working. I think making a decision about which Medicare Advantage program you're going to go to by going to a meeting where they're serving tea and biscuits and telling you, oh, you're going to have free dental care and whatever, that may sound good, but you need to make an informed decision. There's no doubt in my mind there are Medicare Advantage programs that are amazing, fantastic, that literally cut out the fat and provide great service. But There's also the possibility that there are some that are not. And even if there are, if you think you can navigate original Medicare with a supplement, meaning make sure that the downsides of that, which is over-testing or over-referrals, don't become an issue for you, and you have the finances, you have the extra few hundred dollars a month, then that might be a viable option for you. But what I just laid out for you, I don't think is laid out for most seniors. That stark contrast of what's at stake. 
But there's one other thing that I want to leave you with, which I think is really, really important to know because you cannot let this ship sail because it won't come back, which is a real potential problem that is possible after the age of 65, 66, you will not have many options left. Let me explain to you why. Medicare supplements, when you first apply for them at the time you qualify for Medicare, you're automatically guaranteed acceptance. There is no there is no medical underwriting. So if you're super sick, it doesn't matter. You pay a certain premium. They can't reject you. The premiums are predetermined, and you're fine. The problem is that's only within the first six months uh, of you picking your Medicare, original Medicare. If after the six months, meaning after your 65 and six months, let's say, you decide, you know what? I don't want Medicare Advantage. I want to go get original Medicare plus a supplement. What people don't know is that they will actually have to go through medical underwriting and qualify to get a Medicare supplement. And if something's happened to you while you were in Medicare Advantage, you or you were sick to begin with when you started Medicare, you could potentially be denied a Medicare supplement. So there are people who have who have Medicare Advantage who now want to switch to a supplement that they they simply get rejected. So you can't actually purchase it. So then in essence, you're probably stuck in Medicare Advantage forever. Again, that goes back to a decision you make at 65. You make a decision at 65, like, well, you know, I'm kind of healthy. You know, I think I like that gym membership. Uh, But... When you're 70 and you're not so healthy, let's say, then it may be difficult to get a Medicare supplement. It may be difficult to go back to original Medicare, meaning if you want you want the supplement with it. So I think when you decide at 65 which way you're going to go, in essence, you're gambling. <laughs> you're saying... I'll be fine with this when I'm 75 and I'll be fine with this when I'm 85 because if you're not, you may be stuck. Again, something really consider about it. It's like goes back to, you know, I always uh, joke this, you know, why, you know, when you're in college, you have to decide, you know, whether you want to go to law school or med school, who wants to let an 18 year old decide what they want to do when they're 35, right? So it's a, it's like the wrong time to figure out what you want to do later on. But in some ways, it's, it's sort of like that. You're, you're making a decision at 65 that you may potentially have to live with when you're 75, 85. You're, 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 at, you're at the craps table. You're just rolling the dice. You're saying, I, I'm pretty confident I'm going to be healthy. Or I'm going to be confident that even if I'm not healthy, I'm going to be okay with the lack of choices. I'm going to be okay confined to this network. I'm going to be okay confined to some of my decision, medical decision making by by a company, not necessarily my doctor. You're going to have to be okay with that. And on top of it, you still have the up to $7,000 a month, a year exposure. Plus, if you are on a lot of drugs that your Medicare Advantage program 
doesn't cover or cover well, you may be spending you know three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a month on prescriptions while you're in Medicare Advantage. And the other thing that people don't know, this is another thing, is when you are in Medicare Advantage, you cannot go out and purchase Part D insurance, which I'll talk about later, which covers, which is a, a policy that would cover prescriptions. You have to live with the prescription plan in Medicare Advantage. And one of the benefits of Medicare, traditional Medicare with a supplement, is you can purchase a high-quality Part D insurance policy. But if you're in Medicare Advantage, Medicare doesn't allow you to buy a drug policy. And if you do, you get kicked out of the, you will get kicked out of one. You can't have both. These are the things you have to decide. You have to decide when you take Medicare Advantage, are you okay with their with their drug plan? And are you okay with their drug plan f- with the medications you're going to be on in 10 years? And are you okay with the restrictions they're going to have in 10 years or five years or even next month if you get sick? Those are all the decisions you need to think about right at the beginning. And you better be sure you make the right decision. And unfortunately, what I think happens from patients I've seen is I don't think people make the the wrong decision. I think they don't have the information when they make the decision. So it's not like they knew all the facts and they just made the wrong decision. I think it's there's you know it's pretty it's complicated for me it's complicated for me to understand all this and I you know and I'm I'm a physician so yes yeah, it's, it's very very difficult and very very nuanced and if you're sick and <laughs> if you're 65 and you're not paying attention to all this and you just say oh, whatever yeah I'll sign up for you know wow I went to that event and you know they served us some nice food and told us how great Medicare Advantage was and you don't get all the facts couple more things that I want to share with you. And that is, you know, talking to a broker, a insurance broker about Medicare Advantage. You should know that, you know, brokers are pretty highly compensated to sell you a Medicare Advantage product. It's regulated by Medicare, but they get paid every year that you're on on the Medicare Advantage program. And the alternative to selling you, for example, a Medicare supplement, which may not be as lucrative potentially, you have to know that. You have to know where they get more of a commission. And lastly, I'm not even sure some of the brokers understand some of the the potential downsides and upsides. So it doesn't mean Medicare Advantage is not for everybody. It just means just have all the facts. If If after you have all the facts, you go Medicare Advantage or you go to Medicare Supplement, that's great. But you did it with your eyes open. Because what I don't like and what what breaks my heart is when people get super sick and they get to see exactly what they signed up for either way. And they're like, wow, I just thought, you know, this was just... This, and in fact, some people actually think Medicare Advantage is a supplement to Medicare. It is a complete replacement. And so replacement is handed to a different type of organization. So 
think about what you want when you're 65 and you're making this decision. Obviously, if the finances are concerning, you just don't have the extra cash to pay for a Medicare supplement. That's a concern. But if you get super sick on Medicare Advantage, it could cost you more than the supplement for Medicare Advantage. Because if you get the total $7,000 a year plus have big prescription bills, you could wind up paying more than if you're paying the premium for a Medicare supplement. The other thing I want to go over is just exactly the numbers on Medicare. For example, there's roughly 60, 64 million people on Medicare in the United States. One third of them are in Medicare Advantage. So let's call that about 20 million. By the way, this spending comes out to about $731 billion annually. And it's about 15% of the federal budget in 2018. But to summarize it then, we're looking at spending $250 billion on 20 million people's healthcare. And we're handing that $250 billion to a bunch of private for-profit companies. And we're saying to them, take care of these 20 million people, provide them healthcare, and whatever is left over is your profit. So that already has a certain potential issue. And just to contrast that with the issue of original Medicare, original Medicare, you have the issue of potentially overspending. But here with Medicare Advantage, you have the potential issue of asking for-profit companies to provide health care, give them a fixed amount of money, and whatever is left over once they provide the health care is theirs. I don't know what to make of that. It could potentially be an issue. So, I mean, I have some thoughts on it, but what do you think of that? Why don't you leave some comments below? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thank you for watching. My goal in this uh, episode was to really provide you with facts and some knowledge about your choices and how to navigate Medicare, Medicare Advantage, Medicare supplements. At the end of the day, whatever decision you make that's right for you is right for you. But did you make it with all the information? Now, this isn't all the information. You definitely, I recommend you research it more. You know, Medicare.gov has more information. There's other resources. I'll provide some links with some resources. I've touched upon in this talk, but please research all the facts and make sure you make an informed decision and make sure you make a decision that's financially correct for you, not only at 65, but at 75 and 85. Assess where you're going to be physically in terms of your, of your medical issues, even later on. With that information, I think you're going to make the right decision for what's best for you. So it's a financial decision, it's a medical decision, and it's a decision about your future. And sometimes when you make these decisions, you won't have an opportunity to turn back and change it. So be really careful. Thank you for listening. You can check out my website, jonathanbakhtarimd.com, to sign up for my newsletter. And you can watch this full episode over on my YouTube channel, BakhtariMD, where you can leave questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes. Also, please check out my website, jonathanbakhtariMD.com, 
where you can subscribe to my newsletter and get more information about healthcare. And make sure you check in next week for another episode on the inside scoop on healthcare. Know what the insiders know. Thank you and be well.